the ology in your so-called retirement. When it comes to your best-laid retirement plans, you can choose to be your own best friend or your own worst enemy. There is no shortage of responsibility for this financial mess. Take your pick. The Fed and its promotion of easy money. Congress and its turning a blind eye to pleas for lending review and reform. Optimistic home buyers, greedy subprime lenders, out-of-touch appraisers, asleep-at-the-wheel ratings agencies, or Wall Street bankers. We can blame these folks all we like, but individual behavior played a large part in where many Americans are today. That's why behavioral finance is a key element of this book. It's a wonderfully controversial field because it highlights how we behave in ways completely contrary to what logic or traditional economists might have predicted. Sound familiar? How do people behave irrationally when it comes to money? Allow me to illustrate with a decision-making example. Imagine I have $1,000 to split between you and another person. I'll call that other person Samantha. The only stipulation is that Samantha gets to decide how the money is divided, and you must agree with that division. If you agree, you both leave with my $1,000. If you don't agree, I keep all my money. Let's assume that after careful consideration, Samantha decides that $980 of the $1,000 should go into her pocket, and that a mere $20 should go to you. Would you still agree with the deal? Now, traditional economists will tell you to take the $20 and not be concerned with how much the other person keeps. They contend that people should try to spend as little as they can, save as much as they can, and get the maximum return on their investments for the smallest risk. In sum, people should act in a way that puts the most money in their own pockets. Per this view, the field of economics, and indeed retirement planning, is strictly a mathematical theory and investors and markets are expected to behave in certain ways that are observable and predictable. In the field of economics, this is called the expected utility theory. During this exercise, I make certain to articulate that this is strictly hypothetical to protect myself from those rare instances when there is agreement between the two. But here's the catch. I can tell you that my $1,000 is rarely in jeopardy. The common responses are, No, I don't want the swine to get the money. Absolutely not. He can take his $20 and shove it. You get the idea. I point out to these folks that up until I opened my little cash box, they had no expectation of receiving anything. And now, some 120 seconds later, someone is trying to hand them a $20 bill and they are spitting on it. No matter. This exercise is one of many examples of how people behave in ways that confound the traditional equity theorists. In fact, the quaint notion that people will behave in ways that are predictable and observable ignores what 2002 Nobel Prize winner in economics Dr. Daniel Kahneman calls the human agent. In an interview I conducted with Dr. Kahneman in 2004, This pioneer in behavioral finance told me about how his discipline doesn't assume perfect rationality, 
which is why perceptual bias, complexity, and emotions like pride and anger, illustrated in our exercise, can overshadow sound financial decisions. For example, research from Dr. Kahneman and Dr. Amos Sversky showed that investors are more sensitive to decreases in the value of their portfolio than to increases in value. Even in good times, many investors tend to suffer from what experts refer to as myopic loss aversion, a basic tenet from the field of behavioral finance, which holds that people psychologically weigh losses twice as heavily as gains. Here's an example of myopic loss aversion. I flip a coin. Heads, you win $110. Tails, you lose $100. Will you take the bet?